0: Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast uh, after another disaster of a weekend for Sunderland. Um, I'm Gareth Barker. Um, No Stephen tonight, he still is bald, um, so he can't make it. Um, But Tom Walsh um, of the Thursday fraternity is um, ably stepping into his place. Are you bald, Tom? Uh,
1: No, I hope not. I hope give, I don't go bald. I of it time. I know. I've got to the age of 33 where I think, like, if I'm going to go bald, I should have known by now.
0: <laughs> Somebody should have sent a memo.
1: Yeah. And it's also like, I can't, like, I can't have spent my life being ginger and then being bald. I think that's, <laughs> that's too much to, like, deal on one person. I think you that's know, a bit unfair. You know,
0: it's just the hand... The hand, the <laughs> head that you've been dealt, if yeah. you will. Um, we're also joined uh, for kind of a wise say second debut. I w- I'm going to call it for uh, Philip Buckingham from uh, the Athletic. Um, Phil used to cover Hull for the Hull Daily Mail um, and quite a long time ago. He once, when we used to get the um, uh, an opposition view on the Thursdays, we used to do. Um, Phil popped on the show and give us a bit of a. Uh, a whole preview. The Halcyon Day is probably over in the Premier League when we were both in the Premier League. Um, But now you're doing bits and bobs. um, So non-match day stuff really for the Athletic and you are a Sunderland fan, which is why you're here. That's one of the the main reasons.
2: I am, yeah. Um, Been a long slog. (laughs) My my first game was 1985 at at Roker Park. So, um, yeah, I've I've got a few miles on the clock.
0: You've been so, to Holland back and to Helen back uh, as a summer. Very journey. much
2: so, yeah. But yeah. Uh, you might you might not think it from the accent, but both my um, both my parents were born and raised in Whitburn, and so mm, diseased yeah. from an early age.
0: <laughs> that just causes you from Whitburn, I guess. But you know. well, possibly. No, it's nice there. Whitburn's like a good <laughs> bit. Whitburn, Cleedon, delightful. Um, yeah,
2: it's a nice part of the world.
0: Um, <laughs> and a bad part of the world um was the stadium of light um at about four o'clock on um about five past four on, on Saturday afternoon when it all went sort of horribly wrong, but I think the worst thing about this one, I think Stephen um pointed it out on Twitter um that it was the first time going to a game probably in a long while in this league where you think, well oh, fancy us to get beaten today <laughs> and that's and that's what happened, um, and that's where we are now, isn't it, Tom?
1: Yep, we've entered that stage where we just look like a mid-table League One team, and that the the, uh, the prospect of play, playing the mighty MK Dons at home is a pro- is something that you think oh, I think we're going to get beat in this one. So it shows how just shows where we are at the moment, and it was an entirely predictable utterly depressing like uh 90 minutes of football but like you said it's just what we are now the years of neglect or whatever you want to call it finally catching up more so so yeah oh, it's, it's all great isn't it <laughs> I
0: mean we, ch- we changed the managers didn't we to sort of give us a bit of a lift Phil right <clears throat> um Said on the one, said on the reaction that we did at Cheltenham, we tried to give ourselves a shot in the arm, we end up shooting ourselves in the face. Um, <laughs> and, and, and so if you look at Alex Neal and he's come in, it's almost like the mood in that two weeks has changed to the point where it's a bit like a manager coming in when you're in the bottom three, trying to win two, three, four games to get out of it, like we have been in the Premier League and... You know, where does he go from here now? With with the group of players that he's got to try and achieve just a playoff place now.
2: I think I think people have got to be careful not not to rewrite history with with Lee Johnson. I, I think I saw after the game on on Saturday there's quite a few people almost pining for him and hmm. suggesting it it, it it wouldn't be as bad with with him still around. I, I suspect it probably wouldn't be. Um, you know, his record as as head coach suggested that for all he was streaky, I, I think he would have picked up more points in the last five games than, than, than the team has without him. Um, but I think I think the whole managerial search to replace him was so protracted, so drawn out, that the the defeats to, to Doncaster and to Cheltenham have just drained the season. Um, they've drained the players. Um, I do think, it, because it's such a... a a young group overall, I, I think they are more susceptible to sort of confidence peaks and troughs. And you, you just see them now where they just they just look shorn of any sort of belief. And mm. for for a team that was thumping Sheffield Wednesday 5-0 not so long ago to go top of the league, it's it's so stark, the difference. Um, and you, you wouldn't back them to win a raffle at the minute. You know, the, the one point that they have picked up was against the team... In equally bad form in Wimbledon, you see, you saw that the, the hide and they got the weekend. Um, the point down there was was almost as bad. a result as losing, um, mm. and yeah. And 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 you look at every other team in that in that top six, the way they're picking up wins, and even the, the teams below that. You know, you, you look at teams like Ipswich; they've they're building up ahead of steam now, and and all of a sudden, having looked an absolute stick on for top six, to, to me, it feels. It's starting to feel like a long shot, which is a an awful thing to say in, in the middle of February. But I think that's the way an awful lot will be, an awful lot of people will be feeling after Saturday.
0: Mm. I've got a positive spin on that that I'll come back to later. <laughs> I've already discussed with Tom. Um, mm. If you want to, tr- if you want to try and dread, you know, we do get kids being negative at times. But like, I will try my best to be positive about something, um, or at least try and kid myself and maybe others that that you know it's maybe it's it's not can't possibly as bad as it is. Um but it it is. Um I think I think you know the performance of the weekend was kind of a funny one because I know the lads covered it on the reaction and it was basically a case of they just went, oh we're just gonna lump the ball over the top and they'll not be able to cope with it. Um interesting Alex Neal came out after the game as well and said so I told them not to play through the middle. Don't play through the middle. And the goals were conceded. Have come from those situations. Is that a positive, is that a positive thing that the manager's gone? Don't do that. And then they've done the opposite, and then we've conceded the goal. So if they listen to him, we would have won that game
1: one nil. Tom, I do think that's a very telling <laughs> comment from him. Yeah. Um, it's not something that like you'd expect a manager to just reveal in like yeah. a, especially with a, like a club interview. And if he's telling them, please don't play through the middle, and he's like, where, like, both goals have come through playing through the middle. Um, I don't know. It just does does that show a sense of like naivety or just kind of the players aren't switched on enough or they haven't, or is it a case that they've not had enough time to, you know, listen to his instructions or get these instructions on board? But again, if if someone keeps telling you not to do this one specific thing, you, you'd think that a group of footballers would know not to do that specific thing, especially when they get done on it once, and then happens again about twenty five minutes later. Um, yeah, I I don't know. It's it's like I'm I like touching on what Phil said there about the like the revisionism with Lee Johnson. I think everyone will know that I was quite happy when Lee Johnson went and had he maybe have stayed for these Doncaster and Cheltenham games then yeah we probably wouldn't have lost two games on the spin because they were just they were being managed by someone who's never managed like a prof- like a senior football team before but that again goes back to the kind of farcical nature in which we went about the managerial search and say has Alex Neil been in straight after this Bolton game or like within that week I would I'd wager heavily we wouldn't lose to a dreadful Doncaster team and an equally bad Cheltenham team. Um so yeah, but I I like the way Alex Neal talks. I like the way he's uh he goes about and handles himself. Um but the first couple of games have not been not been really encouraging.
2: I, I, I do think it's a smart appointment it's just the timing of it. Um, mm. What I mean by that is it, when, when they sacked Johnson, they, they clearly, they clearly wanted a, a bounce manager. Now, whether or not you think that's Mick <clears> McCarthy, <throat> Neil Warnock or, or obviously Roy Keane was the one they wanted, I think. Mm. The difficulty is, um, if, if you, if you, if you don't have that, when you've only got 16 games to play with, it becomes very difficult and, whether it was Alex Neal or Grant McCann, I don't I don't think they were ever going to be the type of manager. They're both, both talented coaches, but they were never going to be the type of manager that would just come in and you'd see this, everything change. And I think you will need time with Alex Neal. And I think if, if I've got positivity to cling to, I think come the end of the season, he he will be getting it right. It's mm. just how, how long that process is to get in there. Because, you know, I think obviously the Burton game's huge and then, Wigging away, it's. I don't want to think about it, last it, one too much. It, it, Well, it, it could get worse before it gets better. Yeah. But I, I, I do think Alex Neal's history and his pedigree will, will, will tell you that he'll get it right eventually.
0: Um, it's just. To be fair to Neal, though, <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know what you're saying, but if you look at his record when he went to Norwich, I mean, mm-hmm. then the caveats to this, but I think he won 15 of his last 20 of the 22 games he managed, and then they got promoted in the playoffs. Obviously, more games, uh, but to win fifteen than the percentage—it's a high percentage of games to win after coming in. But the caveat is the capability of the squad he inherited to do what he wanted to
1: do. Yeah, he, that, did he go he, into Norwich and they say, yeah. "Oh, by the way, you have no defenders. We sold them." All. Yeah, exactly. To buy, to buy <laughs> yeah. um, a thirty-nine-year-old yeah. who's not fit. Yeah.
0: So we've yeah. got a lot of we've got a load of like children who've been like mentally and physically destroyed for the last seven months. And and no defenders. Welcome <laughs> to Sunderland, Alex.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I do th- I do think that's a really good point about the, the physical demands that have been placed on, on the young players in this team. To me, Dan Neil like sums that up better than any. Um I think he just looks like he's running an empty now.
1: He um, looks knackered. And I feel really sorry for him because he's mm-hmm. like he was the first few months of this season, he was like he was brilliant. He was one of the yeah. best like prospects we'd had in a while and he's been running to the ground and it's and I don't like I partly have Lee Johnson to blame for this because he's not he never gives these lads a rest it's like when when we're like pumping teams like five five nil early in the season we had to keep Ross Stewart on for 90 minutes for like no reason mm. and now it's coming back to haunt us because they look dead on the feet after about 20 minutes
0: I mean obviously in the you know <laughs> People can say, you know, claim, well, it's easy to say that now. But obviously, you know, we played those games when we had the COVID issues. Mm. Um, But you win that Wickham game, it might people can say, well, that was a good decision. You know, and conceding the last minute, that seems to have been like, it was funny because talking about the game, talking about it after that game, it was like, well, I wasn't too, even though I was gutted, that we conceded the goal, I still wasn't too disappointed because we played so well in the game. And, you know, it, it felt as a disappointment, but at the same time, you know, I felt as though we'd go into the next run of games that we had and pick up points. Um, I mean, to win, to, to lose four or five games, we've won one game this year, um, is, is just, you know, and embar- it's embarrassing, isn't it? It's it's a real embarrassment. Um and you know the it was really flat at the weekend, the atmosphere. I think the I, I think I would compare it to uh, Mick McCarthy's first game in charge at Sundland um in the nineteen point season. We played West Ham, I think, at home. Was it Bolton? Um his first game was that Bolton, was it? I thought yeah, we West Ham. Maybe I think it was Howard Wilkinson's first game. West Ham might have been. Absolutely. Yeah, we got beat. It was either way. I think we. I was if it was a Bolton game, that was we lost two 0 I mm. think didn't we? And they were like trying to stay up. Maybe it's the the um, Howard Wilkinson one I'm thinking of actually. But mm. both bad for their own <laughs> reasons. Um, yeah, but it might be in the Wilkinson one. But yeah, it was just so just flat, and you can't really you can't blame like the fans for feeling the way they do. You know, to come out in the week, I mean, I don't want to go to, to so far over like things like the Red and White Army meeting minutes and stuff like that. Because it does get the stage where you're like, well, the things that I said in these meetings, like, do they actually carry any weight anyway? Mm. You know, what are they, we've, we've heard so many things before. It's like, can you can you even take what's being said on face value anymore? Um <laughs> And then obviously, it comes out that the tickets might be going up next season. Kind of, they didn't want to refute that point, which kind of gives you the impression there will be price rises for season ticket rollers next year, which is incredible, really.
1: That is, that could be a real big, big thing that because if you have another season in League One and then people who are on the fence about whether I should renew, because you know, times are hard at the moment. Uh, Back home, you know, energy prices are going through the roof. Everything's getting a bit more expensive. And maybe that 400 quid or however much it is for a season ticket for not a very good third division football team, maybe people are like, you know what? I've had five years of this. They're not getting promoted. So, it's you know, it is hard for people to say, stay away. How are
0: they going to spin it this time to justify it? No, they can't. Because last time it was... Or join us on this journey. Yeah, welcome it's back. All, you know, welcome. it's all so. new. It's all new. Like we've got this all new I mean, obviously, Phil, you've done a lot of coverage on this in, in the last couple of weeks in the athletic with the situation with the ownership. And that was kind of like, yeah, we have put the prices up, but please come back, join us on this new journey, this fresh start, this old what, twenty three, twenty four thousand season tickets. How they how they're gonna spin it this time based on, you know, what we just discussed there, you know, that the, the the kind of lack of clarity in the, the miss, sort of the way fans are being misled in the last sort of 12 months?
2: Well, I, I think when, when they were selling season tickets at a level of 23, 24,000 last summer, there was an awful lot of goodwill towards the ownership um, because people thought this was Kimberly Draves' club. Um, they saw a dynamic young owner and they wanted to buy into him. Um, I'm not convinced people ever thought because he's some heir to a billionaire's fortune that he was going to suddenly plough money into the club. But they did feel energised. I, I think the club felt energised, and even, even with last season finishing like it did, which I think that was another reason why you, you'd struggle to back Lee Johnson to sustain his job, because that was such a flat end to last season. I, I know the return leg at the Stadium of Light offered hope of reaching Wembley, but the way last season imploded... Was, was equally bad, um, that but people were willing to overlook that. In terms of coming back, uh, they've been without football for eighteen months, and there was there was excitement around the club. And I know it wasn't it was a slow summer, but I think people were willing to buy into that. And it, I do think Sunderland season tickets are affordable when you look around the leagues. Um, now, whether or not you could justify that. How significant a rise that's gonna be, who knows? Um, but it it's a hard sell in this climate, um, this economic climate to, to suggest that this is the way we're gonna go and for a for a fifth season in the third division is just um that's that's gonna test an awful lot of loyalty. That
0: mm. especially considering we've been playing a high level of football and those those season ticket prices have rarely, if ever, increased now. And I know some people say, well, you know, fair, well, then an increase is justified then, but it's a, it's a, it's an economic decision. They could, they can pitch that, but at the same time for a lot of people going to the matches and an economic decision, Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a decision based on, you know, a loyalty and a decision based on, you know, the, that, the community, the the spirit and and all that kind of thing that goes with supporting. The, your football team and that's there's the the reason why you know aside from all that sort of mushy stuff where people go it's affordable to go yeah. you know so you know if it was 900 pound but people had those sentiments that could up here you couldn't afford to go and I'm not saying that they're going to put the prices up with that but at all but um you know, there's got to be a balance struck somewhere. And it is, a, I just think like, as even if it is a small percentage increase, if it turns out to be that way, I just think it's the, the principle of it that that's the difficult thing to, to reconcile if that, if that's a decision that's made.
1: It also could be a case of why do I want to give these people any more money? It's like, if people don't, if people really don't like this ownership, then it will get to a point where it's like, well, I do like my football team, but the people who own this don't use my money in a way that is good for the club, good for the city. And correct me if I'm wrong, but they still owe quite a lot of money themselves mm. for
0: Well, we don't know. We don't know just how much that's the issue, isn't it? Yeah. One of the issues.
1: So and also it's a case of is this oh, like let's get all the season ticket money in and then hopefully we can just keep going for another year. Um yeah, I don't know, like like football clubs across the world, like exploit people's loyalty because it's not like it's not like anything else in life. It's like you have a customer base that's going to come back regardless because they're so it's so ingrained into who they are and how they were brought up. Um, so and whatever happens, people will still go back. But if you have another fifth season in, if you have a fifth season in League One for a club like we are, you could be going back to the days. Like in the Coleman era, where we were getting like twenty-fours, twenty 23, well, 24. Well, <laughs> it did it weren't twenty-four. Was tell you were well now, below that.
0: I remember being at a Brentford game when they beat us 2-0. Um, and the the pressure was really being cranked up on uh, on Bain and I think uh, Ashley Fletcher got booed off that day. I think there must have Great been times. about there must have been about fourteen thousand in there. Mm. Like it, it, it was literally just like it looked like they were just singular people dotted around. Um,
2: well, how how this season ends is going to be big, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think the last month might have been the tipping point for some. I think the man, the minority. Uh, um, but how this season ends will be will be telling it. I mean, if the current form is is extended through to the end of the season, and someone end up finishing. Twelfth, thirteenth, then, Christ, you know that. I mean, I mean, that the season to get older would would collapse, wouldn't it? Um, mm. I think there there will be a a stronghold of twenty thousand plus, probably, but I think ha- these next few months are enormous for the club, really, in terms of convincing people that this is that this is still a club worth backing, because there's times in the last few weeks that that hasn't. Felt like the automatic choice anymore, which is a sad thing to say. But when you, when you're in when you're a club someone's size in the fifth fifth season in the third tier, then something something's gone awfully wrong, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it, it's also like I have this feeling like just people are sick of being just embarrassed by us all the time. It's like you always you always think that you've hit in the deer, and like the the next deer is just coming next Saturday. It's like you get pumped 6-0 mm. away at Bolton, and you think, right, it can't get any worse than that. Then the next week, you lose to like a Doncaster side, which when we played them at the Keepmote Stadium, they were literally the worst team I've ever seen like play football. And then you think it can't get any worse than that, and then you get beat by Cheltenham, and then you get beat by MK Dons, and then you get beat by probably Burton Albion.
0: Right. And it's just like... All this all this mixed in with Sankley manager... Not replacing them for two weeks, sort of going after this whole like public, um, sort of Roy Keane hunt thing that was going <laughs> on, the Jermaine de Four thing, like all that kind of in together. It's, it, it's just, I don't know. It's like the end of Ghostbusters, you know, <laughs> where the Ecto containment unit explodes and it's just bedlam. <laughs>
1: Just shit everywhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, where's Peter Venkman when you need him? Um, I think
2: at the the start of this season and even last summer, the the club would like to think, would like to give the impression that they had a a pretty clear plan of of where the club was going to go. And I think probably halfway through the season, you could probably buy into that. Um, Mm. You know, the emphasis on youth, the type of player they were recruiting, the type of football they were trying to play. You could be on board with it, but that plan just looks shot to pieces all of a sudden.
0: Yeah. Well, and, it looks and, like that, it looks like been... it's not not aligned. It doesn't look like it actually was the plan. It looks like they've done stuff no. and now they've gone. Oh, yeah, all that stuff we did—that was the plan.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And because you look at it now and go, "Well, that's a good plan, isn't it?" <laughs> so that it's kind—it's kind of. Well, well, we'll tell you what. We'll have a we'll have a quick break and then when we come back, I'll start with my positive spin. Um, bit and then we'll talk a little bit about um we'll talk a little bit about the match to tomorrow night against our friends Burton Albion. <laughs>
2: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: Welcome back to the Wise Wiseman's uh, podcast. Um, so... <laughs> We can have a. We, we, let's not have a discussion about whether we're going to get into the playoffs or not because everyone's going to say no right now on this or <laughs> we'll forget that. So I'm working on the basis that we could get into the playoffs. Now, in previous seasons, um, we've always been there, thereabouts right at the end with the automatics. And when you get so close to automatic promotion and fail so drastically as we have in those seasons... It, the playoffs always feels worse, doesn't it? Because it's yeah. like, oh, like we that our chance is gone and now we're in this lottery, the playoffs. This is the first time we've stacked this, as, as quickly since we've been in this league. So my argument is that's a good thing because if we do get into the playoffs, we're going to go and be in on, on, we've we've made our peace with the playoffs now. It even might even be, well, it's not the playoffs. So if we get into the playoffs, that's going to be, <laughs> yes, we're in the playoffs, lads, great. And if we go in with a bit of form, you know, we've always ended the season, like Phil pointed out in the first half, quite badly. Um, you know, this this could be the chance to go into the playoffs in form and them not to be second prize. They've become first prize now.
1: Mm. Yeah, I've always wanted to be one of those like dickhead teams that languished about 14, 15th most seasons <laughs> and then went on a like a six game winning yeah. run. And then finish sixth, and then win the playoffs, like um, Crystal, Crystal Palace. Palace. Did, yeah, yeah, Crystal Palace, West Ham did it one year. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a more positive way of thinking yeah. about it. And maybe this is the way we should do the playoffs because, like, we've never, we haven't won one, not in my memory, ever. <laughs> uh, we haven't won one ever. Okay, we lost
0: one and still got promoted. Obviously, this season yeah. one default default. Let's, let's do that. Let's do uh, that yeah, again. that'd be great.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so if that would be, especially if it was like somehow like Rotherham or Wigan like fell out of the top two, and we like beat them in the final, that would be amazing. I mean,
0: see, I, I, I thought <laughs> I, I you're fantasizing now.
1: Oh right, right, okay. <laughs> I
0: mean, you've got you've taken it too far.
1: Oh okay, all right so then. You're look- you're
0: bringing in these like sort of specific variables. I'm just talking more on a broader point.
1: Right, right. Then I, I, Max meet...
0: Power scores three own goals in the final. <laughs> no, no, I love Max Power. Yeah, I know. I'll be sad for him actually. <laughs> so, does that infuse you, I, Phil? Is, have you? I, I do
2: think. I do think with the amount of games that are left, I still think we'll finish top six. Mm. If there was only six or seven games left, they would need to get out of this trough very quickly. Whereas I think. I'm not suggesting they've got bags of time on the on the hand on the by the side here, but um, I do think Alex Neil will get it right come come April time. No, mm. no, whether or not he's got too much ground to make up by then. Um, you look at teams like Sheffield Wednesday, Ipswich, even Bolton below them. Now, Bolton might be a little bit further back, but um, you know there's teams in way better form. But I think League One generally, except for the the absolute best and the absolute worst it's quite um, quite a cyclical league in terms of form where yeah. you'll, you'll have a team will have one fantastic run you know it wasn't so long ago Plymouth couldn't buy a win and all of a sudden yeah. Plymouth have come from nowhere and then they're right back in it now um, I, I, I've personally written Plymouth off when you're looking about sort of promotion rivals once once low goes to, to Preston I'm thinking oh, they'll they'll collapse that'll be fine um, but you know they're decent team, well-run club. Um, I don't think they'll be a million miles off. I think MK Dons will be up there as well and just the way Sheffield Wednesday have started to play and get results as well. I think think they concern me but I think someone's probably going to have to win, sort of six or seven last thirteen. Seven. Yeah. Which, when 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 you put it that way, it's not a huge amount of it's not a huge ask, is it? It's just, it's finding that first one.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, it isn't. It, it feels, isn't. Yeah. I mean, I know it yes, feels that we've lost four and five. So Saturday,
2: but um, if if I know, I know, but if 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 all of a sudden you 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 beat Burton, and you find yourself back in the top six. I, I know Wigan's a tough game that follows, but I think that the whole the whole season does. Take on a, a different complexion if if you can get that 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 winner game, but I, I don't think Burton's a gimme by any. Well,
1: uh, I mean, we've never we've never s- been in that home. Play, no,
0: no. That. <laughs>
2: historically, <laughs> historically, person. there's lots
0: of bad things associated with Burton. Obviously, the obvious one, um, mm-hmm. and then there's like the Parkinson one where. Joe Lynch shut down <laughs> oh, yeah. like broke broke the night that I've watched that's the only time I've ever seen somebody like go like he did in that game it was quite incredible like for someone of experience as well though he just like made that mistake and he just like forgot like how it was like someone like a, oh, the, this lad's come to five aside. side that's what he was like after that goal it was mad like he couldn't do anything it just completely went Quite an incredible moment, and I think we were down at about 14th or 13th, or something in the league after that defeat.
1: It was also the in Jack Ross in the Jack Ross season where we oh, had all these all. games in hand, and then we drew one all at home to Burton when we could have gone yeah. top, and that that was just. I don't know. So yeah. I think
0: it was, we did. Uh, I think Marcus Harness was playing for them. That night, and he looked handy. And I think it was Tom Flanagan on goal or something. I think on the back of that, remember, remember him?
1: Yeah, <laughs> Get correct, guys. He wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> he was great, wasn't
0: he? Yeah. Oh, ish. ish. Well, you know, he was a defender. <laughs> he was. Um, yeah. Yeah. Could have done the job. Could have done the job. Yeah, more than someone who started every game and was captain of the team this season. Um, I mean, quickly on this one because he hasn't had a lot of time yet. But first impressions on the manager generally speaking um, not that you obviously don't have to go on I, I, depth because he's only been no, here two no. minutes but
2: I, I, I felt for him ahead of Wimbledon with, with an hour or so whatever it was I think that was a bit of a hospital pass to try and, to try and resurrect that team and, and get them playing but I, you've got to be disappointed with the way they played and the result on, on Saturday uh, you know that, that that was a chance to get up and running um, I know I know MK Dons are a decent side, but home advantage, son's home record before the, the collapse recently was, was outstanding. Um mm. and, and, and that would that would be a slight concern that I mean even if he d- takes a one all out of that game, it, it doesn't, yeah. doesn't feel so bad then, does it? You know, especially if you come from behind, you take that one all and it's it's by no means a, a result for celebration, but it wouldn't leave you feeling as flat as the, as the team does now. Um, But yeah, he's he's got an enormous job on his hands. There's there's no two ways about it. And and that, that would have applied to any, any manager that came in on on the back of the, the Doncaster and Cheltenham games and and, and Bolton as well, because confidence is on the floor at the minute. And I I think that, that feels pretty clear to see. And and the other thing I would say is that how easy they are to score against at the minute. It's that, that, (laughs) that's the alarming thing. Um, I'm not, not just talking about the ball game. It just it just looks so wide open, and I, I think yeah. if you if you uh if you can almost justify it and say this is this cavalier team where they where both teams drop gloves and and they go for it. I, I don't think that that's that's necessarily the way someone are playing yeah. at the minute. It's just they just they can have all this possession, and and, and and teams can just hit them on the counter, and it's um, yeah. that, that that's the alarming thing for me.
1: Yeah, we have that wonderful sweet spot at the moment where we look really stodgy <laughs> in attack and can't can't create anything, but can concede for fun. So yeah, that's that's, that's the real like sweet spot we're in at, at the moment. Um, Even though
0: the... I mean, we we were, but at the same time, we have caught, we, They haven't brought. They haven't cut us open, have they? The goals they've scored have come from no. errors at the weekend. Our, our own, you know, our own worst enemy.
1: Very happy for Connor Wickham though. Great to see him back. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's like he's not played for like 2 years but just knew it, to... yeah. 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 But he must have scored like 50% of his goals against yeah. us.
0: His last goal was probably against us for Crystal Palace, wasn't it? It probably was.
1: Yeah. It's been I mean, that long, I mean. <laughs> I mean, he should have had two, really.
0: But Yeah, he missed it. It was an absolute sitter at the end, wasn't it? It was easier. That was an easy one the money he scored, I think.
1: Yeah, but well, yeah, very happy for him. It's good to see him back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I always quite liked him with yeah. his gelled hair and his pre-cut veg. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: I mean, I kind of touched on it earlier, and coming onto the team uh, for the game and the situation with the young players. Um, and he's in a situation where he's he's got these players who aren't fit enough and players who had too much football. With the game at the weekend we've got coming, do you look at this like uh, you pick the best team available to win the game tomorrow night, or do you go, well, we need to sort of pick a team that should win the game tomorrow night, maybe rotate a few players out, obviously because we've got a, a tougher game at the weekend. Now, I know that sounds ridiculous given our form, but if you still take the form out of it and look at this from a practical sense, or do you just think, well, right off Saturday in a way, if you get something brilliant and just go for it tomorrow night with the best fittest available side you've got.
1: Can we go for I it in I think he has games? to go for it full stop.
0: Yeah. He
2: has, has to go for it against Burton full stop because the, the, the rock just gets deeper. If, if, if you don't find a win in that game, that is mm-hmm. then we really are in crisis territory. Um, I think you just have to forget about Wigan at the weekend for now, because yeah, it's it would be very very bleak if if uh, <laughs> if tomorrow night doesn't end in a home win. Let's be fair.
1: Bleaker, bleaker. <laughs> it's already yeah. it's already quite yeah. bleak. Yeah, bleaker. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: the, the abyss, deeper in the abyss. Um, I mean, in terms of you know, I think you look at Doyle and Circle and as. Prime examples where you, they're two players who absolutely need to be taken out of the team for their own good. However, there is not the option to do that. No. Um, so how how do you resolve that situation? If you're picking the team tomorrow night, do you have to play cirkin Can you okay. find a solution instead of him? Um, if I mean Gooch is injured, he would be normally. Uh, um. I mean, we've talked about it offline, Tom. I mean, I know I've said what I would do um, personally, but I don't know what
1: your thoughts are. Well, my thought is that, unfortunately, it's like Cirkin probably has to play again because I don't think we have anyone. Well, we don't have anyone because we sold him to Portsmouth for some reason. Um, I'd like to see. I wouldn't mind seeing Trey, uh, try Trey, try Tra- or whatever his name is, Trey Hume come back into the the side because I thought he was. He was okay, solid enough for I me. Mean. Yeah, and then we then you've got more options in the field. Um, to be honest, I'd drop out Corey Evans because I think he's been pretty woeful the past few games, and then maybe switch <laughs> the
0: past few months,
1: first few season. Yeah, so, and then maybe uh like bring uh Winchester in. Ideally, you want to like give Dan Neal a rest, but yeah, he's our probably one of our better midfielders so he's going to stay in I would and... take
0: him out but... for who I would just have a, well I would have Matete and Winchester as the two oh, yeah, Matete yeah. Who Sorry, actually a, forget look me. great and then easily our best player on the day but is involved in the in conceding the two goals <laughs> which is like yeah. just very very That's us yeah. yeah I mean I'd be going goes to Matete and um and Winchester and I'd have probably Pritchard in the 10 where he should be. If he doesn't play, if he wants to maybe take him out and give him a rest, because obviously, remember, he's come back from injury. Mm. You can put Embleton in there. And then I'd start <laughs> Robert because I just feel we need to do something different. And I'd start Clark because I think he's got a bit about him. He went past his full-back a number of times um, very easily at the weekend. Um, and, and Stuart up front and at the back, I'd probably... I've said this when some people might go, oh, I wouldn't do that, but I'd push Doyle to left back. He's done that. Um, it's kind of kind of a like lopsided three we played during the season in a few games. Um, I push him out there because um, I think he's the lesser of two evils at the moment with him and Sirkin because I think Sirkin looks absolutely ruined mentally and physically. Mm. Um, and if Bart's back, obviously he'd have to come in at the centre with Wright, and then I'd have Hume and Hoffman would be my team. That's who I would go with.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, I agree with uh, bringing Jack Clark into the starting side because I was quite. He had he was quite impressive on um, on Saturday. Um, maybe not Roberts. I think I'd keep him uh, from the bench still because, from what I've seen so far of him, it's I've not been impressed. So I'd keep. Okay. I'd oh. use him. I'd use Embleton and Pritchard. I mean they they worked. They linked up really well. Um, I remember well the last game I physically went to against Doncaster. Um yeah, and Stuart up front, I mean, we haven't got any other option um instead of Stuart because I don't think Defoe isn't Defoe no, is no. what do you think phil
2: i I'd, I'd love to see clark start um I think he's been he's been bright every every time I've seen him um ridiculous as it sounds, um even that Bolton away game when he came off the bench yeah. he? And he had yeah. that chance I, I i I just think there's a player in there, I really do, and I think. With his attributes, he will trouble League One defenders if you give him a run in the team. Um, I know I know his career's completely plateau from the from the time he was breaking through at Leeds, but I honestly think there's a good player there. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'd I'd be tempted to bring Emberton back in as well. Um he's uh I think he, he he can probably fall into that bracket where he has looked a bit tired the second half of the season, but he hasn't played that many games recently I think I think for for a bit of freshness, I'd I'd, I'd stick back in him back in. And I think there's generally a goal with him every now and then as well. So that first goal will be enormous because it, that will shape the sort of the confidence of the team. Yeah. And who knows? You might you might see some of that free flowing football we we often <laughs> see under genuinely the amount of times we like thump teams under the lights this this year. Yeah. That, that that should that should be a positive you cling to, but um. No, if you get the nose in front, it just becomes a completely different game because most other games in this run, they find themselves behind and susceptible on the counter. And I know they chucked it away at Cheltenham after going a goal up, but um, you know, I just think for, for, the, for the mood within the stadium and, and the belief of the players, I just think getting that first goal would be, would be enormous. and mm. Fingers I- crossed, they. Eh?
1: Also, it'd be really nice to thump Burton Albion just after <laughs> every... They've been at every worst part of our like history. So if we just batter Burton Albion, that'd be like some kind of monkey off the back.
0: Oh, I'd, I'd take a 1-0, though. I <laughs> know, no, I
1: would too. But
0: like... <laughs> I mean, a 1-0 would be great, I mean, because we've kept a clean sheet for starters. Well, yeah. I mean, because that, that looks impossible at the moment. Look how um... far we've fallen. Just yeah. dreaming
1: of a one 0 win over. But do you, do you know
0: me. what another positive is? It can turn quickly. Mm, it can. I guarantee, even though, and this is what we, I mean, me, and you, in particular, have said this, Tom, loads of times. It's like you can't enjoy. We haven't been able to enjoy the good stuff because we know this bad runs around the corner under Johnson, yeah. for example, and that's what we've seen happen again. But if you can have good, good runs of games. And, and yeah. like you, I think you're absolutely right, Phil, about it being goal You look at Oxford are a great example of a team who will win like seven out of nine mm-hmm. and then they'll like not win for five or six or, you know, win one in five or six. So teams like that, they do that all the time. So maybe we get going. And then I think obviously the Wigan game, its a bit, of, in a way it's a bit of a free hit now because nobody's got any expectation on that. It's not the game we thought it was going to be five or six weeks ago in that we, it's two teams looking to get promoted automatically. Um, we might be relaxing that one, relaxing to that one a little bit more than having that sort of pre- immediate pressure. Um, so you you never know if we get going tomorrow night, get on a got on, get a get on a bit of a roll, sort of confidence wise, and go down there and try and get something as well. And then the season, say you take four points this week, and you know you put in a good performance at the weekend, you looking a little, you thinking a little bit more positively, going yeah, mm. these new methods are taking so hold. Um and obviously, you know, winning, you know, gives you you know an extra 10, 15, 20 percent in the legs as well. So
2: I, I know as well that there's, there's deficiencies in this squad, but I maintain it's one of the best squads in the league as well. And 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 manage well and coach well, it's got the opportunity to come back from where it is now. Um I I, I look at the, the, the top 10 teams and I know you can make a case for an obvious case for, for Wigan and Rotherham being streaks ahead. But I, I do think a lot of that is the perhaps the expectation that's upon them and the, perhaps the, the togetherness that a club like Rotherham's had and they, they know exactly what direction they want to go in. I think someone still feels a bit confused, but if you if you break it down man for man, I, I think that, that squad's as good as any in the league, I really do. Mm.
1: Rotherham they like, kind of know-how because they, yeah. seem to, they get promoted every other mm. season.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, and like a lot of these lads have never been promoted or never really played a full season before. So yeah,
0: we just got the wrong mix. I think I think mm-hmm. there's talented players in the squad. We just haven't got the mix of the squad right. We haven't got you know we haven't got the right amount of certain players that you need to get out of the league. Well, that becomes so.
2: clear in your in your rough spells, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. because when when you're on a rough spell, it's a, a yeah. team like Rotherham will find. The scruffy one hill somewhere, and yeah. Away they go again. So that, that yeah. right now that, that appears beyond Sunderland,
0: yeah. It does. Well, let's hope that it isn't beyond Sunderland. Um, when Burton Albion, Albion return uh, to the Stadium Light on Tuesday, um, Stephen won't be back next week, um, because he, he well. You know why he won't be back, um, <laughs> unless there's some regrowth in the next sort of six seven days. Like Sunderland's pitch, maybe needs to get them in because <laughs> it looked great to be fair. The weekend close up, I know there's some like drone footage going around, um, and it doesn't look that good. But close up, you could it was a massive, massive difference, and the way the ball was running on the surface was uh, a lot like sort of truer, and rather than this like sort of brown blob that the ball became after about six minutes into every game so uh, that's a positive thing to look forward to uh, tomorrow night we get to see the pitch again might three, go cheers, for pitch. three yeah. cheers for the pitch three cheers for the pitch um which we should have had done in the summer um mm. but let's not go down that road again um so hopefully um yourself tom and matthew will be back on thursday talking about a win and previewing that massive game um at wigan um, and myself and, and some other people will be back on Monday so thanks uh, to Phil for joining us again um, and no thank, you, thank you all uh, for listening <laughs>